Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about some books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Very special Sawbones and Marital Tour of Misguided Medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Congratulations, you wealthy so-and-so, and welcome to our uh, bonus episode of Sawbones for 2014. I'm just, I'm really glad we could whittle it down to just you, you know. Just you, patron. Our special listeners. Our spe- I'm glad we got rid of all That we care those, about the most secretly. Don't tell them. All those deadweight people. You know, they've been hanging on for too long, but you, you were willing to pony up and actually make good, make an honest podcast out of us. And and that's why we decided we really wanted to do a good show this time. For a change. I mean, we've been phoning it in, you know, uh, not trying very hard. Specific, yeah, right. Um, um, just not doing a good. Not doing a good job. Not doing just, a good job. You know, that's making say, stuff up right out of my mouth as we go. Lying. Lying. Yeah, outright Ran- lying. Intentionally, outright like not just like that's the thing not, about it, right? Uh, Intentional. Exactly. It's not just that we don't know what we're talking about. Sometimes we just we we know, but we lie anyway. It's a deliberate lie. So it's for all the other people, though. It's not. It's not for you. We would tell you the truth, but it's all the other people. Uh. For this special episode, we thought that we would take a journey into the future. Ooh, like Quantum Leap, or we're gonna Quantum Leap. Are we gonna Bill and Ted? Actually, Quantum Leap he could only travel within his own lifetime, so would oh. not be. I mean, a leap somewhat into the that future. That was wow. That was deep. I know. That's true. That was a deep cut a deep there. Cut you got that. Quantum Leap trivia. Uh, so, so, so this is more of a Bill and Ted. More of a adventure. Bill and Ted. Ooh, or a Doctor Who adventure. Perhaps, yes. But we were only staying. We're staying in Earth. Uh, but we're going to go into the future and look back at now. Whoa, Whoa. So this is getting a little heavy. Okay, now okay. we're already confused. So we're gonna we're gonna uh, pretend that we are uh, several, maybe maybe just a hundred years. Let's say let's 100 say hundred cool hundred years into the future and look back at today from the future. At some of the ways we treat uh, disease and illness, et cetera, et cetera, uh, and how they might seem, some of the ways that we treat disease that might seem a little silly in the future. So that was, and basically this is kind of what I think, based on what uh, I know about medicine now, Mm -hmm. and the stuff, more importantly, that we don't know about medicine now. Uh, if there were uh, Justin and Sydney a hundred years from now who were making a sawbones, if our children's making, children, yes, pick up the podcast game. <laughs> if this, 
if this podcast becomes a dynasty, so to speak. Right. Passed down from generation to generation. Exactly. Much like, I mean, like a monarchy. So like, oh, you can only, you know, it's a bloodline thing. Mm-hmm. It's the only way you can participate. Um, what would they be looking back at us now and going, what was my great, great, whatever, great, however many greats, grandma, Sydney, thinking when she did this? Or assuming that our... Uh our personalities have become sentient AIs implanted into robots. What did Fleshbag Justin and Sydney <laughs> uh, have for medical treatment as compared to us, the dynamic sleek Justin and Sydney robots of twenty one fourteen? If if I'm if I'm being openly referred to as Fleshbag Sydney mm-hmm. at some point in the future, I hope I'm not sentient to hear it. No, well, it'll be you. It'll be Cyber Sid referring to Fleshbag Sid. Right. Of the past. I think that'll still upset me. Probably, yes. Yeah. My my mushy uh, electric sperm brain will be upset <laughs> by it. Uh, so, Sid, what's first? What's the first thing that we may uh, that we may look back on and think, oh, ugh, okay. what were we doing? All right. So, again, these are my guesses, I should point out. Theorizing. These are my hypotheses. And I also am fully acknowledging that I am participating in all these things right now. Well, it's it's very. So this is not me blaming anybody else. It's not ill will, right? It's just the best we have. Right. So the first thing that I think we're going to look back on in a hundred years and go, "What were we doing?" is pain management. Pain management. I go into the doctor. Something's hurting. Something's hurting very badly. So bad that I've suck uh, suck out sucking out seeking out seeked it out sought sought medical treatment aren't you the journalist aren't you the this writer never happens to me yeah. of course i I'm, have I'm just an incredible a, tolerance for pain i'm just a science gal Why, you should have known this word. i'm sorry it's been a long week i'm in such pain Help you're me in not. such pain so so you're in such pain you come to the doctor's office and you know there are kind of two things either this is an acute pain or this is a chronic pain either way I think too many times right now our default reaction is to give you a pain medication of some strength, what we deem proportionate to uh, kind of um, our interpretation of your interpretation of your pain, which I know that sounds uh, vague and confusing, but the problem is you are going to experience your pain only through, you know, your lens. And then I am going to interpret it based on kind of what I think of you, what I think of your injury, what yeah. I think of pain and pain meds in general. It's crazy. If you can tell me a more low rent solution to this problem than that dumb chart that has 10 faces on it and the ten number 10 pain <laughs> is very sad and the number one pain <laughs> is very happy. That- I yeah, that's that's a pretty that's a pretty that, that is ripe for uh, a revision. I think. I, I think I think you've probably all seen this pain chart before, and you would agree that is a ridiculous way to judge pain. Although, can I just share quickly that once my my grandma was ill in the hospital and confused, and for some reason she thought the pain chart was a picture of Justin. <laughs> it is not. So I don't know if you think. It, look at a pain chart next time and see if you think it was modeled after my husband. Yeah, Sydney also thinks that the uh, the little kid on the sticker 
that warns you not to touch her flattening iron when it's plugged in looks a lot like a young me too. It looks exactly like a young Justin, which makes sense because Justin's always trying to touch my my flat iron when it's hot. I'm just curious if it's hot. <laughs> I don't think that that's out of bounds. Okay, so so right now, what are you going to get for treatment, Sid? So okay, so the problem is that too often what your doctor's going to give you is some kind of narcotic pain medication. Um, our default response to so many problems, not just pain, but especially pain, is, oh, well, you need a pill for that. Um, and pain is a very complex experience. It has to do with not just the physical impulse that's causing you pain, but you know all the things that go into the way you feel about it, the way you've had pain before, everything. And it's not as simple as, oh, here's a hydrocodone, here's an oxycodone, you know, take this, your pain goes away. It's a Band-Aid. Because your pain comes back when it wears off. Right. And in the meantime, you may be, depending on if they're used appropriately, this is not my statement that you should never use opioids. Of course, there is a place for them. But too often, we use them to say, hey, you have a chronic pain like arthritis. We'll just stick you on a bunch of opiates that you're going to become tolerant to. And we never tell you anything else you can do, like, you know physical therapy or exercise or basic solutions like put some heat on it try some icy hot you know get up and move more because when you sit on the couch all day you hurt i i think it's fair to say and and let me know if i'm off base here with all these topics because again we're not talking about medical history we're talking about the state of medicine today so i'm 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 a little bit out of my depth but i'm trying to hang in there it seems i know it seems like an easy fit to uh you know take a pill and make the pain go away but with every one of those, aren't you kind of running the risk that you'll get hooked on junk? It, I mean, it depends. You know, I don't, I don't want to say for every patient because certainly, if you are a terminally ill cancer patient, we need to treat your pain and your risk of addiction in that case is actually very low. I'm not okay. But aside from those people, yes, I agree with you 100. percent If you come not to in, say you shouldn't, but like it's 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 a risk. If right? you come in and you sprained your back or you twisted your ankle or something, and they give you, which happens. You know, 60, 90 hydrocodone pills or oxycodone pills. I'm trying to use generic names here, but you guys know the, the brand names because you buy them on the street, right? <laughs> Lortabs, Percocets, Norcos, Vicodins. You, you guys know. thugs. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, they all have a street value. But you, you get 90 of these. And what do you need that for? You know, the, the jugs of Percocet that we give out after, even after surgeries or after... um. After deliveries, now I know that I am going to go through a delivery very soon, mm-hmm. oh, and then baby. maybe uh, you know maybe I will curse past Sydney for this. But um, plenty of my patients come back for follow up after a, a regular delivery and say, "I don't know what to do with all of these Percocet they gave me. Why did they give me ninety Percocet? Mm-hmm. I'm not. I took them for two days and then I didn't take them anymore. Right. And we're just you know throwing drugs into the community, which is why. You know, here, morphine has only been around since 1827, which in the grand scheme of human existence isn't that long. And we now have about 27,000 ODs a year in this country. Jeez. That's more, more people are dying of overdosing on drugs than car wrecks, mm-hmm. which is horrifying. It's, it's, it is. So there's a better way. I don't think we know what it is yet, but there's got to be a better way than throwing you know, opiates at everybody who hurts. Sid, what's next? So the next thing, other things that we overuse, um, antibiotics. Mm-hmm. Now, again, of course antibiotics have their place. Thank God we have them. Right. Because a lot of people died of a lot of 
easily treatable diseases before we had antibiotics. Thank you, Louis Pasteur. That was good. Yeah, well. Are you impressing me with some science knowledge? I'm attempting to. It was, it was honestly kind of a long shot, but. That was good. I'm impressed. Thanks. So if you think about it, we've had penicillin since 1928. Okay? Okay. That's when it was discovered. And less than a century later, which again, isn't that long, we have so many resistant bacteria. You've probably all heard of MRSA. Have you heard of MRSA, Justin? Yes. What is MRSA? It is uh, a type of thing that is resistant to antibiotics. That was pretty good. It's a thing. It's like a... Staph. Staph infection. Yeah, it's a staph infection that's resistant to methicillin, which means it's resistant to a lot of antibiotics. Yikes. So is VRE, which is vancomycin-resistant enterococcus. Again, just another scary bug that's resistant to big, big-time antibiotics. Um, we have a lot of these infections now. It's harder and harder to treat things. And there are people who are getting infections that we cannot cure now with antibiotics. That's terrifying. Why am I not freaking out 24-7? We all should be. And the part of the reason, I mean, you're not part supposed of... To tell me, you're supposed to tell me you like to relax. Oh, no, relax. I mean, we're talking 100 years from now. We'll both be robots by then. It's no big deal. <laughs> That's true. Um, but the problem, you know, part of this is that, you know, some resistance is inevitable. Organisms evolve. Bacteria get smarter. But part of this, too, is our contribution uh, we overuse antibiotics. Mm-hmm. We're not quite as bad. If we were doing this show about a decade ago, it would probably be even worse. Really? we're getting, It's on the upswing? Well, I think people are learning. And um, a lot of hospitals have started instituting like um, antibiotic stewardship programs where they have pharm- like uh, pharmacists and infectious disease specialists review all of the antibiotic prescribing practices in the hospital and, you know, send you little notes and say, hey, why don't you think about this instead of this? And, you know, this is probably a better choice and in an effort to cut down on resistance. Now, this is both on a personal level and a societal level, right? This is on to overusing it for yourself personally creates can can make it less effective for you in the future is that correct that is 100 percent true which is why what can you do about it because you you know if you're not somebody in the medical field you're not prescribing the antibiotics but here's what you can do first of all do not take antibiotics that weren't prescribed to you i'm talking to you some of my family and friends you know who you are (laughs) if they weren't prescribed you don't take them just because they worked for your cousin's UTI does not mean they'll work for what you think is your sinus infection, first of all. First off. Um, Secondly, if it's leftover, then somebody already did something wrong by not taking it all. Finish your course of antibiotics. Yes. Uh, And thirdly, you don't always need an antibiotic. This is tough. And this is hard for me because I have a lot of patients and I like them a lot. And when they come in and they're sick and they're asking me, please just give me that Z-pack, I, I mean, I want to give it to them because I know that'll make them happy. But sometimes if I'm telling you, hey, I think this is a virus, you got to trust me. All right. I do trust you, you said. You got to trust me. If most of the time, if you've got an upper respiratory infection, if you've got cold symptoms, most of the time it's a virus and that z pack is not going to help and you're going to get better after you take it because you would have gotten better anyway. Mm-hmm. So those are the things you can do. So, but in the future, you think 
Do you think the solution will be just like a strong, like a, a better mousetrap, a stronger antibiotic, or? I think we're going to run out of those eventually. I mean, yes, we're we're always trying to build bigger, better, better antibiotics, more broad spectrum, kill more bugs, kill bugs that we couldn't kill before. But I think that you know that 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 road lies madness you mm-hmm. know i mean we can only do that for so long what we really need to do is yes continue to create new antibiotics but also get better about using the ones we have and a lot of that is education once you take the time to explain to somebody why they don't need an antibiotic most people will say oh okay i get it well i don't want it but how often you know do we take that time isn't it possible can you is there not a test maybe to tell if something's a virus or bacterial that's a really good question Yes, there are tests. You know, a lot of times we'll do like cultures and we'll grow out bugs on a Petri dish for bacteria. We can do certain tests for viruses are a little harder. Um, There are like viral cultures, but they take longer. And then there are other kind of um, genetic tests to look for virus uh, material. Um, But if you are coming into like a walk-in clinic or an immediate care, um, something outpatient, with like what may be uh, bronchitis or a sinus infection, that kind of thing, we're not gonna order that testing. It's not cost effective. By the time you'd get the result back, cause a lot of them can take several days, mm-hmm. the point is moot. Hmm. You know, you've either gotten better or you're much sicker and then you really need an antibiotic. Yeah. So right now our testing just isn't up to that level. Maybe someday you'll be able to walk into an office and I can, you know, stick your finger and tell right away what kind of infection you have or, or we'll have a really great sensitive test that i can order immediately to tell what you have but here's hoping what's next Sid? so the next thing and this is something we've talked about a lot historically on the show this too will come as no surprise to longtime fans of sawbones someday i truly believe that we're going to be really great at managing mental health problems not right now not right now are we better? Well, yeah. If you, yeah, if we're better. We're not strapping a table and carving out your brain and then electrocuting your brain chunks and stuffing them back in if you're a minority. Like, we are much better. Thank you. Absolutely. If you've listened to any episodes of our show, you know that, that we've come a long way. Yes. But there's still a long way to go. Uh, we do not have enough providers, for one thing. We don't have enough psychiatrists. We don't have enough psychologists. We don't have enough therapists, counselors. Uh, in primary care, we do a lot of mental health management. Mm-hmm. Uh, we still don't, we don't have enough primary care physicians and we're still not good enough at it. We got to get better. Mm-hmm. We need more time to do it. We need more training to do it. And our patients need better coverage from their insurance companies. You, you listen in Humana? I'm serious. Not so that we can get paid I don't care about that. My point is that so that patients can afford to get the meds they need, to see the doctors they need to see, and to get therapy. It's ridiculously expensive to go see somebody and talk to them, and it can be incredibly effective, and sometimes that's all you need. I have Twitter for that, so I'm not super concerned about it, but I I appreciate that not everybody has that luxury. How does that work out, Twitter as as therapy? I mean, you got to be careful about what you go to them with. They're not experts on everything. I would think you'd get some really bad. If I need therapy. If I, not that everybody on Twitter doesn't know what they're talking about, but like I would think if you just like crowdsource everybody for ideas. If I need like therapeutic pizza suggestions, they're on point. That's pretty much it, actually. What? what pizza are, therapy. What are therapeutic pizza? Like what kind of pizza do you eat? Like what kind of pizza? Dear Twitter, it's me, Justin. What kind of pizza should I eat to feel better about problem X? Problem X here could be depression. It could be anxiety. 
whatever. And then Twitter's like, gotta go like half pep, half onions, all sausage. <laughs> Is onions a thing now? Onions. It's how Twitter and I say onions. Uh, if if is there anybody on Twitter who's telling you maybe you shouldn't eat away your problems with pizza? No, nobody. In mm. fact, everybody on Twitter says Sydney back off. That's really what they oh, said. Is Sydney, that what they said? Sydney, let the J man be the J man. You know, that's what people are saying at least. Anyway, mental health. So part of our problem is that um, we have a lot of different medications to use. You know, for the various diagnoses, but. Uh, and if any of you have, you know, suffered from, you know, anxiety or depression or gone through a, you know, a, a kind of a treatment course or worked with a, a doctor on this, you probably already know this. A lot of what we decide to start first and how we decide to treat you is really guesswork. We have a lot, for instance, for depression, we have a lot of antidepressants, a lot of them that are good. And the right drug and the right patient can be extremely helpful. But sometimes finding that match we can go through, you know, three, four, five, six different medicines. And these medicines take a long time to take effect. So if we're talking at least four weeks for every medicine you're going to try, if not more, at higher doses. And it's hard to tell sometimes if they're working, right? Isn't that standard? It's not like you can say, oh, that rash went away. Great job, pill. Exactly. It's much more difficult. And we have scales that we can use, you know, to rate your symptoms. And we can ask you certain <laughs> that questions. same face chart. <laughs> how happy are you now? Are you now? smiling or are you frowning? But at, at the same time, that's really tough because people don't fit into boxes well. People mm -hmm. are much more complicated and messy than that. And so is this working? And what side effects are you having? Because a lot of these medicines, not as bad as they used to, but a lot of medicines have a lot of side effects. And is it worth it? Is your quality of life better with this side effect? But, you know, your symptoms are better. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's very, I, my thought is that maybe, maybe a hundred years in the future, I will have some kind of genetic testing that I can do. And I can tell you, mm, now this medicine would work great for you. This one, not so much. And mm. then I would know what to start you on. Maybe someday we'll have that kind of. That would be really nice. Know, Sid. What kind of. And then the other thing about, about that I hope maybe a hundred more years will give us is that the stigma that's associated with psychiatric illness will finally be gone yeah people you know, treat it like a physical illness rather than than something, something different else I, I, that's the problem i tell patients a lot they'll say um that they feel guilty because they can't just get over it they can't just feel better and I, i'll tell them how ridiculous would it be if we looked at somebody with diabetes and said just get over it it would be very ridiculous <laughs> i would assume could you just get over that diabetes please cure your diabetes just, You're not believing in Wilford Brimley hard enough. Just That's your problem. Stop being insulin resistant, okay? And will it away and get over it. Obviously, we wouldn't say that. And maybe someday we will all finally look at, you know, psychiatric illness that is the same kind of thing. So, pain management, antibiotics, mental health. What is fourth on your list? So, fourth on my list is weight loss. Oh, are you trying to tell me something? I get it. No, listen, I get it. It's fine. I could slim down. I know. No. I'm trying. No, okay. I no. It. I do. I mean, I, I am concerned about this whole pizza therapy thing, but that's not really a weight. <laughs> it's not really a weight issue. Mm -hmm. I don't like to wait for pizza. That's true. <laughs> um, hey, if you wait more than 30 minutes, it's free. Right? That? I, you know what? I've never seen a place actually do that. I don't think that. I think that's a myth. That's a myth, right? 
I, Maybe there's a Sawbones episode there. I gotta hey, figure it out. If anybody knows, <laughs> will you, you let us know? Are you a pizza? Is that true? Has anybody gotten a free pizza for greater than a 30 minute wait? <laughs> if so, tell me where to call. So what's wrong with the way we treat weight loss then? Uh, the way we treat weight loss is that um, we make it too complicated. We have all kinds of crazy diets, some of which you've tried. I've tried many of them. <laughs> just, to, just to name a few, Atkins, uh, the fast diet. I did that, um, what's the guy, this, um, he was a guy who I think was on like Celebrity Fit Club, um, I uh, forget, he's a doctor of some sort, he had a really hardcore diet that I tried, I did, um, did a juice diet for half a day, got hungry, quit. Well, you started a juice diet on Trick or Treat. Did it start a juice diet on Trick or Treat, that's true, that did not work out, that Weight failed. Watchers, Nutrisystem, which was okay until they sent us a breakfast that had maggots in it yeah they were muffins, muffins remember those with maggots oh man that was rough we got a free month of food out of it though that went down pretty smooth no we had got a free month of food that we never touched because it had maggots because what if it had more muffins. maggots yeah um is there anything i'm forgetting mm, i don't think so uh, oh you did the what is the one the five two two five the fast diet yeah oh was that the same thing yeah, okay same. i didn't realize that yeah. um so yeah so there are a lot of crazy diets Obviously, obesity is an epidemic. Greater than a third of U.S. adults are obese. Um, but here's the thing. Calories in, calories out, exercise. I really think that's what it boils down to. And I'm hopeful that in 100 years, we'll have more emphasis on a healthy lifestyle and not just how to get the weight off fast. Um, because that's what it's all about. It's about, number one, we gotta be less sedentary as a culture, and I'm myself included. We are a culture of people who like to sit. Mm -hmm. Sitting's great. Yes, but we need to spend more time moving. Ugh. And- What else you got? <laughs> no, that's you it. You got a pill? You gotta, you gotta burn more calories than you take in, and you gotta exercise. You gotta eat a well-balanced diet. I don't think there's any point in cutting out carbs completely. I think, sure, you gotta limit them. Yeah, you gotta limit sugar. Yes, it's good that we finally realized, <laughs> we finally realized that bread has calories. Yeah, and listen, And that's great, and that's true. Sugar's no joke, guys. Sugar sugar makes everything harder to when you're trying to lose weight. I cut out sugar in, in my current initiative, which is not a diet in as much as it's just trying not to eat like an idiot. It's and, a uh, lifestyle change. It is a lot easier once you cut out sugar, because. Man, I can put you on a roller coaster. A lot of people are obese, Sydney. One one thing that I uh, one thing that I went back and forth on is: Are we going to see the end of weight loss drugs in a hundred years? Because you know now they're even you know as, as we speak they're coming out with brand new drugs to try to just take and you'll lose weight. And a lot of them they don't really put any emphasis on um, diet and exercise too. You know, changing the way you live. It's just take these well, pills, lose weight. I think weight. that they I in. In every single one of these things now, they've gotten smart about it in that they almost always say like, and also add exercise in as a component, you know, and eat a healthy diet. Well, you're talking about the commercials. Yeah. You're talking about the like, the fake stuff on TV. Right. <laughs> you're talking about the stuff that someday, let's be honest, is going to be in lawsuits like Fenfen. Right. Um, I'm, there are prescription medications that are coming out soon. Ooh. That are out. They're out now in some select. I mean, I think they're still like, uh, in you have to register for certain programs to take them and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I try to stay away from all that because I'm. A lot of them can cause valvular problems, like with your heart valves. 
So does being fat. Well. Twist. The doctor no, has become not, the doctor. I mean, that's, it's a little more complex than that. There's a lot more that goes into it. And it, you feel better if you live a healthier lifestyle. Um, you don't feel better if you still continue to be sedentary and, you know, eat fast food and sugar all day and take a pill that makes you skinny. Mm-hmm. That isn't associated with longer, more quality life. That is, it isn't. It's not healthy. It's just thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know because here's it depends on who wins this battle. We may see nothing but weight loss drugs in 100 years. Yes. If, you know, if Big Pharma wins, that would be the goal is we find a drug that doesn't kill people but makes them skinny. And then, I mean, everybody's going to take it, right? Big Pharma. Well, I'm serious. The I mean, if they initiative. can, there is no, I mean, there's no greater like cash cow than weight loss. Pharma and Greg. <laughs> Big Pharma. My hope is that science wins out and people realize that you know what, it's harder, it's a harder road to hoe to stay healthy, to, you know, eat well and exercise. <coughs> That's a much tougher way to go, but it's a much, uh, it's a much better way. You'll be happier. It's not just about me, it's Trust about us. Uh, okay, Sid, uh, one more topic, one more, uh, one more disease or disorder or illness that you think uh, we will be handling differently in a hundred years. The the last thing I want to talk about, I know, is going to be a little a little sticky, a little sensitive, a little controversial. Everything else that we've talked about, I think people would pretty much agree. We still need to understand more about. It's not that we're necessarily stupid or doing it wrong. There's just we've got a long way to go. Um, this I think fits into that box, although some may disagree with me. What is it? Fibromyalgia. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what is fibromyalgia, Justin? I have- absolutely no idea i i have very uh very little idea more than that what do you how do you mean (laughs) you're supposed to be the doctor here i know but as far as why do what okay what is fibromyalgia it's a complex pain syndrome um and we don't know what causes it okay we have a set of criteria to diagnose it um part of the criteria is that we can't find another disease to explain all of these symptoms so we land on this one uh, so it's kind of a diagnosis of exclusion. It's also what I would refer to as like a basket diagnosis. If I can't figure out what else is wrong with you, I guess I'll call all these things fibromyalgia. I think a lot of doctors use it that way. Um, it's about 2% of the population in the U.S., but it's that's growing. That's an older statistic. I couldn't find a current one, but that's growing. Uh, and the problem is I don't know what causes it. I have some ideas about what might put you at risk but i don't really know risk factors because i don't know what causes it and the therapy for it is anything but consistent Mm -hmm. um the things we recommend are like aerobic exercise treating any psychiatric symptoms there's a temptation i think to uh to say well it's it's made up you know people are just lazy or whiners or whatever but and and I think that I I probably would have fallen into that camp six months ago. But after doing this show for a while, you start to realize that like, yeah, there's probably some of that, almost certainly. But also like, we don't know everything, and we are learning new things every day. So when we come up against something that we have no other explanation for, um, there's there's probably something there. We just obviously at this point don't understand it well enough. I think that's the case. I don't think that, I mean, people, I have lots of patients with this and they have pain. 
They're hurting. I don't think they're making it up. They're not lying to me. They have pain. They have fatigue. They feel, you know, like they can't, like they're in a fog, you know, mentally. They, they have all those symptoms that, you know, they can be depressed too. They have all the symptoms that, that are listed under fibromyalgia. Uh, I believe that 100%. I think I liken it to, we did an episode on hysteria. And, you know, hysteria was this like catch-all diagnosis thrown at any woman who had any problem, essentially. All you mm-hmm. had to do was be a woman and complain about something and you were called hysterical. Right. Um, some of these women were just, you know, not in sync with the time period. But there were plenty of other women who, who had real disease, who had real issues. Um, but we didn't tease out what they were because we didn't know yet. So we just threw them onto this bucket and called it hysteria and treated it all with the same thing. I think in a hundred years, we may look at fibromyalgia that way. Oh no, actually these people had this and this section of the you know population had this and these patients probably had this. And that's why we had these 80 different therapies and you know, depending on which bucket you fell into, this is how you responded to it. I really think we're gonna see that someday. Right now, we don't understand it. And so unfortunately we've thrown it all into the same basket and we continue to throw the same drug at it mm-hmm. which is created for the explicit purpose <laughs> of this disease and i i think um i think we could do better i want to think harder about these patients there's something going on we're not taking the best care of them we could but and my hope is that in 100 years we figure that out well i certainly hope that that is the case uh sydney um and i hope that some of these changes happen sooner rather than later uh, I'm th- working on it. I'm trying as hard as I can. You're doing your best. I want to thank you all again for uh, donating to our our podcast network and helping to support us. Uh, because we already know you're fans of Max Fun, we won't give you the spiel. You know what? I'll even save you the whole review us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter spiel yeah. because we're friends. You here. donated money. I mean, that's good enough. You did a great job. Thank you. Yeah, and uh, thank you so much. You've made us feel so welcome on this network in the, uh, since we started this show back in, what was it? Sidster about June ish. That sounds about June, right. July ish. Um, wow. I know it's been a long time, right? This is a, this, we posted episode 34 yesterday. And Crazy. you know, we were worried we'd run out of topics, but, I don't, it hasn't I don't see that. As long as we doctors keep doing stupid stuff, don't worry. <laughs> you are in for a ride. You're sort of profiting on both ends there, Sydney. I'm not sure I can support that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not intentional. You're the best listeners ever. Uh, we are so thankful that you listen to us. Uh, it means the world. We love you with all our hearts. And you're the best. Hey, listen, last thing. This Don't is, tell all the other listeners. This is my only pitch. Uh, if somebody you know is a fan of any show on the Max Fun Network and they haven't donated yet, encourage them to donate um, and so they can listen to this episode too. You can be in the friendship circle together. And uh, thank you. It, it really does mean the world. We got a kid on the way. Just please. Okay? <laughs> all right. There. I didn't want to go there, but there. Really, this baby needs food. I mean, it doesn't. Badly. I mean, I make that. Yeah. I produce that on my own, so never mind. Forget that. Uh, Thank you so much. Uh, And keep on listening to our program. We're here with you regularly every uh, Tuesday. So whatever day you're listening to this, we'll hope to see you the Tuesday after it. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. As always, don't drill a hole in your head.
MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.